This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. It's Friday morning. Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at five. This, this is the top five at five. President Joe Biden attacks former President Donald Trump. It's during the one-year anniversary speech of the January 6th riot. And we have reaction from former President Donald Trump to Biden's attacks yesterday. President Biden's own health officials, his own task force, taking issue with his handling of the COVID viral pandemic. Deadly unrest in Kazakhstan. Russian military forces have entered the country. And Pope Francis, of all people, has harsh words for people not having children, calling them selfish. All right, President Joe Biden blasting former President Donald Trump during his speech on the one-year anniversary of the U.S. Capitol riot. Biden blaming Trump for spreading what he said was a web of lies and for watching TV during the riot. Without naming Trump directly, Biden claimed the former president has a bruised ego that matters to him more than democracy and the U.S. Constitution. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. All right. And Biden also took a moment to shame rioters for ransacking the Capitol and destroying property. VP Kamala Harris also spoke. We'll have her coming up, too. Now, former President Donald Trump's response to Biden's attacks during the president's one-year anniversary speech yesterday, Trump releasing a statement through a Save America PAC. He said Biden is trying to deflect the incompetent job he is doing by focusing America's attention on the anniversary of the riot at the U.S. Capitol. Trump again claimed he was denied a second term due to election fraud. But you can't ever accept when they steal and raid. Can't accept. All right. Trump uh, made that comment in December 2020. Trump citing the Horrible Afghanistan withdrawal in a statement yesterday. The borders, COVID inflation, loss of energy independence, and much more under Biden. Now, Trump scrapped his speech, which was planned for Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Instead, he will speak January 15th at a campaign-style rally in Arizona. Well, there is more criticism of President Biden's handling of the COVID pandemic as COVID surges. Health officials are pressuring President Biden to take a different approach in handling the viral pandemics. Six members of the advisory board that worked with President Biden during his transition period are now offering various suggestions. Their opinions are actually published by the Journal of the American Medical Association, and they wrote basically that 
The zero COVID strategy is wrong and COVID should be recognized instead as one of several circulating respiratory viruses. Deadly unrest in Kazakhstan. Russia has now sent paratroopers into the area to try and quell a violent nationwide uprising. Dozens of demonstrations and police officers have died during the unrest. Government buildings have been set ablaze. This is the worst unrest since Kazakhstan gained independence from the Soviet Union three decades ago. Now, according to reports, police say they have killed dozens of rioters and state TV said 13 security officers have died, including two who were found decapitated, over 350 people injured. The country's president blaming the unrest on terrorist bans. Well, there are some harsh words from Pope Francis, the Pope criticizing couples who choose to have pets instead of kids as being very selfish. This denial of fatherhood and motherhood makes us smaller, takes away our humanity. So society becomes older and without humanity because we lose the richness of fatherhood and of the motherhood. All right, so the Pope went on to say that the decision to forego parenthood leads to a loss of humanity and is a detriment to civilization. Now, the Pope made these comments Wednesday while he was speaking to a general audience about St. Joseph, and he went into the topic of things like adoption and orphaned children today. And the Pope also said that couples who cannot biologically have kids should also consider adoption. All right, WABC time check is 5.06, your forecast first. Before we get to traffic, calling for a winter weather advisory. Now, that is until noontime today. Snow will continue. We may see another one to two inches of snowfall throughout the day today. Today's high is 35. Now, it does clear later on today, turning mostly clear. Our low overnight still cold, so it looks like the snow will stick around the low 21, a mostly sunny day tomorrow. Bundle up. Give yourself some extra time, especially if you have to drive with some snowfall out there and temperatures well below the freezing mark down into the 20s. All right. Joe Nolan is back, although I know he's a real trooper because he wasn't feeling too well. But Joe Nolan on traffic and transit. Yeah, well, you know, you do the best you can. And this is one of the reasons why I'm here is because of today. You know, when you have days like this, uh, you need the A-team in here. So here you go. First of all, if you're traveling on the Garden State Parkway, as you head out there, a 35 is the posted speed limit north of exit 143. And it's 45 from 83 to 143. At 143, I'm looking now at the roadway, and it is... Uh, Pretty much snow covered. So, again, as you head around, that's what you're going to have in a lot of spots today. But there are also some jackknife tractor trailers. In fact, several of them. 287 southbound. All lanes are closed in New Jersey between 21 and 17 out there by 287 with a jackknife truck. Route 18 southbound. All lanes are closed getting out of the, oh, getting over the Raritan River with a tractor trailer accident. Northbound Connecticut Turnpike. All lanes are closed with a jackknife tractor trailer at exit 16. And then on the southbound side, there was another one right around the area of exit 12, and I just want to double-check and make sure that that's still there. 
That one is gone, but now there is another one between 6 and 5. So as you head southbound on the uh, Connecticut Turnpike, you've got that. And also check your airline for individual flight information. There are dozens and hundreds, really, of uh, cancellations today. And New Jersey Transit will be cross-honoring system-wide. So there you go. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Joe. And your Ramsey Mazda weather forecast, again, calling for another 1 to 2 inches of snow throughout the day today. Give yourself a little bit of extra time this morning. Well, former President Jimmy Carter, now 97 years old, and he has issued a warning, warning that democracy is in danger. The former president adding that there is a risk of civil conflict, he thinks, and Carter urging Americans to try and set aside their differences. Carter wrote an op-ed for The New York Times. Now, in it, he said that our great nation now teeters on the brink of a widening abyss. Last year, Carter joined fellow former presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, of course, Bush 43, and Bill Clinton in denouncing the Capitol insurrection as Congress was certifying Joe Biden's win in the 2020 election. Now, during that, here's Bush 43. Uh, The fact that the three of us are standing here talking about a peaceful transfer of power speaks to the uh, institutional integrity of our country. All right. On Wednesday, uh, Carter actually set out five steps for American democracy to endure, including that people of all political stripes must agree on fundamental constitutional principles as well as the rule of law. A handful of congressional Democrats are investigating whether or not former President Donald Trump can actually be prevented from ever holding elected office once again. Of course, there is so much speculation that Trump will seek a second term. Of course, he has not formally announced yet. And uh, so this uh, group of congressional Democrats are looking into the application of what's considered to be an obscure portion of our 14th Amendment. Now, in the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which was actually enacted in 1868 and is best known for enshrining the Equal Protection Clause, prevents any government official who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from ever holding office again. So according to a report from The Hill, approximately a dozen Democratic lawmakers in Congress have either publicly or privately spoken about applying Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to Trump. Now, they accuse him of inciting the January 6th riot that disrupted the congressional certification of the 2020 election results. And here's more from Biden's one-year anniversary speech yesterday about the January 6th riot. So we have to be firm, resolute, and unyielding in our defense of the right to vote and to have that vote counted. All right. And uh, in addition to this group of at least 13 congressional Democrats, some left-wing groups, too, are also exploring the possibility of applying the amendment without going through Congress. All right. So VP Harris, you already heard from President Trump, also spoke at the U.S. Capitol Thursday, marking the one-year anniversary of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., Harris taking the time to call the one-year anniversary of the January 6th Capitol riot one of the darkest days in American history. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. 
All right, Harris, of course, was the vice president-elect and a sitting senator at the time of the riots. She took the opportunity to question whether January 6th will be viewed as the beginning of the end of American democracy before stressing the need for Congress to pass new voting legislation. The Biden-Harris remarks were not the end of the January 6th anniversary speeches yesterday. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of course, the Democrat out of New York and other Democratic senators, recounting their experiences yesterday during floor speeches. Schumer recalled being just within 30 feet of those what he said were nasty, racist, bigoted insurrectionists, recalling footage that had been shared during former President Donald Trump's second impeachment. Had someone had a gun? Had two of them blocked off the door? Who knows what would have happened? I was told later that one of them reportedly said, there's the big Jew, let's get him. All right. Uh, this, as many of their Republican counterparts, were actually out of town for the funeral of the late Senator Johnny Isaacson. Our Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell sent out a statement calling January 6th a dark day for Congress and our country. However, McConnell slammed Dems for trying to get voting rights legislation passed by tying the bills to the anniversary of the deadly attack. All right, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has branded Donald Trump a rogue president, a liar, and Pelosi claims he should be ashamed of himself over the U.S. Capitol riot. On uh, the eve of yesterday's anniversary, Pelosi claimed that democracy was on the brink of catastrophe during the 2021 violence. She did an interview with AP on Wednesday, during which Pelosi said, It's time for the country to turn to its better angels, draw from history, and ensure a day like January 6th never happens again. They lost. It was a failure for them. It was a victory for democracy as we returned to the Capitol that night to again ratify the peaceful transfer of power. So I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful. All right, Pelosi will remember twice-led impeachment efforts against former President Donald Trump. Well, MyPillow CEO and key Trump supporter Mike Lindell is now filing a lawsuit against Nancy Pelosi. It's to try and stop her as well as the House of Representatives from subpoenaing the pillow mogul's phone records. Now, this, of course, all part of their committee's investigation, that special committee that is looking into the January 6th riot. Lindell filed a suit on Wednesday against the panel investigating the insurrection, Pelosi and Verizon. Here he is at a Trump rally. Because of the votes by all of you, this is going to get exposed because we would have never known if they, we would have went to bed, if it would have been, you know, if, if the election would have been, you know, even with the fraud and we, if it didn't break the algorithms, we would have said, oh, Biden got all these votes, right? It's impossible, but somehow he did it with mail-in. All right, so this uh, suit filed by representatives for Lindell now seek to stop the telecoms giant from turning over records from November 1, 2020 to January 31st, 2021, which the committee has requested. Those targeted by that committee have largely responded by countersuing as well. And those people, despite, despite uh, including Mike Lindell, include commentator Sebastian Gorka, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Attorney John Eastman, Trump Advisor Steve Bannon, all among those who have sued that committee. All right, WABC time check, 5.15, and we've got Justin Ellick in the house for a yes, look at sports. Yes, you do, Deb. I am in the proverbial house, a.k.a. In the, your seat. A.k.a. the studio. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's start with the Knickerbockers at MSG last night as they welcomed the Boston Celtics to town. The Knicks used some hometown booze as motivation to stun the Celtics with a last-second 108-105 victory. R.J. Barrett played hero as he banked in this desperation three at the buzzer. Finds Barrett. Get a shot up. This is for the win. Knicks will follow the Celtics right back to Boston, where the two teams will meet again tomorrow night at TD Garden. The Nets took a travel day yesterday, returning home to Brooklyn, where they have a date with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. That tip is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Quick skate with the Devils and Rangers last night as both squads were in action. Let's start with the Devils, who welcomed the Columbus Blue Jackets to scenic Newark, New Jersey. Jack Hughes had a goal and two, and two assists for the home team as the Devils kicked the Jackets to the curb in the way of a 3-1 win. The two teams will indulge in the second half of a little home-and-home series tomorrow night where they're set for a 7 p.m. Eastern face-off in Columbus. The Rangers were in Vegas last night to face the Golden Knights. Jet lag must have gotten the best of the blue shirts as they looked half asleep all night long. The Knights scored four unanswered goals after the first period as they bullied their way to a 5-1 win over the Rags. Rangers will stay on the road and head to Anaheim where where they will try and get back on the track tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. The story that won't stop giving four days after wide receiver Antonio Brown threw off his helmet and dashed off the field in the middle of a game against the New York Jets, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially terminated Brown's contract, effective immediately. Brown posted screenshots to social media of text exchange with head coach Bruce Arians about the status of his ankle, captioned on Instagram with, Coach said we never talked. Arians maintains otherwise. That's your early sports news update, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Time check, 5-17, and we know it's a little dicey out there on the roads because of the snow, so let's check in with Joe Nolan for the latest. I call it very dicey at this point. We've got a lot of snow-covered roadways out there. Just got a pretty good look at the Long Island Expressway, Suffolk and Nassau County, and again, both of those you're going to have. Not really snow-covered, but you do have the tire uh, tire, uh, tracks. A lot of spots on the Garden State Parkway are snow-covered, so again, We'll have to keep an eye on that. Jersey Turnpike, though, uh, in better shape than the parkway. If you're on the North Connecticut Turnpike, all lanes are closed. Jackknife tractor trailer, that's at exit 16. Again, that's on the Connecticut Turnpike, I-95. And then southbound up in Connecticut on I-95, all lanes are closed as well between exit 6 and 5 with a jackknife truck. You've got one in Jersey, southbound 287 between 21 and 17. Out there where 78 comes in, you've got all lanes closed there with a crash, including a jackknife tractor trailer. And then a tractor-trailer accident up on Route 18 southbound, getting over the John Lynch Bridge, which is the one that goes over the Raritan River. Again, that will continue. Now, at the airports, check with your airlines. Tons of cancellations. Metro North, again, will be on a Saturday schedule. Jersey Transit cross-honoring and the Transit Authority. They have delays on the A, the E, the D, and the L. And all on inside is suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, and adding to this mess, we may see another one to two inches of snow today. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We've got a winter weather advisory until noontime today. So, yeah, another one to two inches of snow is possible. Today's high is 35. It does clear up later today, turning mostly clear overnight. The low 21, mostly sunny day tomorrow, but it will remain colder. So whatever snow and ice is out there will likely stick around. All right, 519 here at 77 WABC. And Frank Diaz has your business report. Hi, Frank. Hi, Deb. Good morning. 
Well, U.S. stock uh, futures indexes during early morning uh, trading on Friday ahead of the key jobs report release. Futures contracts tied to the Dow Jones gained about 70 points. The S&P 500 futures advanced 0.18%. While the NASDAQ 100 futures added about 0.7%. During regular trading Thursday, the Dow fell 170 points or about just under half a percent, while the S&P declined 0.1%. Both are on track for their first negative week in three. The Nasdaq Composite slid 0.13% for its seventh negative session in the last eight. Well, the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits unexpectedly rose last week as soaring COVID-19 infections forced businesses into lockdowns. The Labor Department Thursday said initial claims for state unemployment benefits increased about 7,000 to a seasonally adjusted 207,000 for the week ending January 1st. The increase was expected but still moderate. Jobless claims remain at historically low levels after more than a year of elevated layoffs during the pandemic. The labor market is tightening amid an acute shortage of workers with coronavirus infection driven by the Omicron variant expected to peak soon. A substantial rise in claims is unlikely. Well, shares of the company connected to a planned social media app backed by former President Trump rose sharply Thursday after the news that the app set a target launch date of February 21st. That's just about a month and a half from now. A blank check company, a Digital World Acquisition Corporation stock, jumped nearly 20% by the close on the trading day Thursday on significantly higher than average volume. The gains came in after the Trump app Truth Social indicated on the Apple App Store that it expects to go live next month. Reuters first reported the target date posting on the App Store where Truth Social is available for pre-order. February 21st is also President's Day, which is a federal holiday, so that's a little bit interesting. Trump's company is being marketed as an alternative to social media uh, giants. You remember he was banned from Twitter and Facebook uh, because of the January 6th Capitol riots. All right, thanks. Frank Time Chat 521. And uh, lots of complaints here in New York City, of course, about the homeless. And now New York's governor and New York City's mayor are tackling this homeless crisis. They had an announcement yesterday. So their goal here of their joint initiative is, they say, public safety and to help the homeless, too. So uh, their idea is that teams of trained professionals will work to get the homeless not only off the streets into shelters and eventually into permanent housing. This is not the partnership where officers are going to be engaging, but mental health professionals building trust. Of course, new mayor Eric Adams there. So each team, they say, will be made up of about eight to ten people, professionals, including medical professionals and social workers. So they want to deploy uh, people into New York City's subway system where the homeless, of course, flock, as you know, especially during the colder months. And uh, cops, too, are getting uh, into this new initiative. Police officers will sweep the entire subway system in search of the homeless. Here's NYPD Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell. We're going to talk to them, say good morning, say how are you, how is your day going, and actually listening for the answer and responding. So here in New York, how bad is the problem? Well, in the city, one in every, one in every 106 people out of 8.3 million New Yorkers are homeless, according to the latest statistics. And that's nearly 80,000 men, women and kids every night. Nearly about uh, 2,400 people either sleep out on the street or within the subway system. All right. Here's the latest on record COVID-19 numbers throughout the country. Over four million new COVID cases reported in just the past week alone. Now, according to the CDC, 
Omicron accounts for 95 percent of new COVID-19 cases nationwide. Now, New York and New Jersey continue to have the highest rates of Omicron cases. Almost 80,000 new cases reported Wednesday in New York alone. Here's Dr. Scott Gottlieb weighing in on CNBC. I think you're going to see new cases start to slow and will come down the other side of the epidemic curve, certainly by next week. Um, it's going to work through other parts of the country more slowly. Um, there's many parts of the country where Omicron hasn't arrived yet. But certainly in the large metropolitan regions, I think you're going to see a peak get put in, in the next couple of weeks. All right. And models do show that Omicron should start to wane out at the end of this month. States in the south and the west catching up to the cases in New York and New Jersey. During the last two weeks, cases have increased fourfold in places like California and tenfold in maskless Florida as well as Mississippi. Well, video obtained by the New York Post shows New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, having some uh, harsh words for Queens cops on his first day on the job. Adams and his new police commissioner, Keechan Sewell, paid a visit to the 103rd Precinct in Jamaica, Queens, New Year's Day, making a brief media appearance outside, but the media wasn't allowed inside. Footage shows Adams not mincing words. We have the finest among us. Sometimes, unfortunately, we have a small number of hearts among us. You can't let anyone touch that shield. That shield did everything. So, Adams warned cops he'll bounce bad apples from the NYPD if they're abusive to his community. Meanwhile, former New York governor disgraced Andrew Cuomo has been ordered to appear by video this afternoon in an Albany courtroom as a judge considers a motion by the Albany County DA and his defense attorney to drop a misdemeanor forcible touching charge. The allegation by executive assistant number one, Brittany Camisso. Now, she, of course, alleged the disgraced ex-governor touched her breast and butt in December 2020 at the executive mansion in Albany, New York. Camisso on CBS this morning detailing that allegation. That's when he put his hand up my blouse and cupped my breast over my bra. I exactly remember looking down, seeing his hand, which is a large hand, thinking to myself, Oh, my God. This is happening. It happened so quick. So Albany County DA David Source Tuesday announced that he was dropping that charge filed by Comiso, calling it potentially defective. Governor Cuomo has denied these allegations all along. I have heard Charlotte and her lawyer, and I understand what they are saying. But they read into comments that I made and draw inferences that I never meant. They ascribe motives I never had. And simply put, they heard things that I just didn't say. All right, so this proceeding set for 1.30 this afternoon in Albany City Court up the state capitol. Well, parents who want their school kids maskless will be happy to hear this. Nassau County's new Republican executive, of course, Bruce Blakeman, well, he wants to let school districts decide on their own if kids must wear masks due to COVID inside their buildings. It's a slap in the face to New York's Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul's mask mandate. Now, Blakeman signed off on a trio of executive orders yesterday. One includes a policy that would give NASA's school boards the ability to scrap student mask mandates. Executive Order 3. So Hochul fired back at Blakeman. So we have a number of laws in place that um, 
for people who have more experience in county government would know that state government, state laws prevail. There's also the issue of the state education department, which has direct control over funding of schools. I hope I don't need to say any more on that topic. All right. Blakeman said he was confident that his order carries sufficient legal weight to enable school districts to defy state masking rules, arguing that Albany was imposing an autocracy upon the state. Blakeman repeatedly ripped Hochul's mask decrees prior to the signing. All right. As you know, especially if you ride the subways, the buses, the trains in the city, there are worker shortages in the Big Apple due to COVID. The MTA reporting now 21% of subway operators and conductors, about 1,300 personnel out of a workforce of 6,300 have been absent from work. And, of course, that, is, as you know, has led to this, the suspension of service this week on three of the system's 22 subway lines, reduced schedules, and longer wait times. Very, very frustrating because sometimes we're in a rush. I work the night shift. All right. About 150 MTA workers also have passed away due to COVID-19. About 30 percent of parents, too, this past week have kept their kids home from school. That was through Wednesday. A former New York Times columnist, uh, Nicholas Kristoff, has been denied a bid to run for governor of Oregon. The Oregon Elections Division announced yesterday that Kristoff is ineligible to run for governor of Oregon because he failed to meet the state's residency requirements. Kristoff is a Democrat. His ballot, uh, he did uh, weigh in during the the, uh, 2020 election here in New York City, submitting a ballot. Gubernatorial candidates must be a resident of Oregon for three years in order to run for governor. All right, 77 WABC time check 529. Let's get a check on traffic with Joe Nolan. All right, Devin, again on 287 southbound in New Jersey. All lanes are closed between 21 and 17. A jackknife tractor trailer at that spot. We also have trouble now on the westbound side of 78. Several accidents up right around the area of exit 36. As a result, there's at least one lane, probably two out of service at that point. You're also looking at a problem, a new one now, northbound Jersey Turnpike, the outer north of 13 with a truck fire and Route 18 southbound. They're alternately opening and closing all lanes, getting down to and over the Raritan River with a tractor trailer accident in Connecticut. Northbound I-95, the Connecticut Turnpike, jackknife tractor trailer at exit 16. That continues southbound on the Connecticut Turnpike between exit 6 and 5. Again, another jackknife truck. Now, on the southern state eastbound now at the Wontaw, there is a crash. And again, the road surfaces are very slushy, very snowy. In some spots, you've got one lane. In some spots, you've only got the tire track. So just be aware that it is not a good day out there to be traveling if you don't have to. Airports, check with the airlines. There are tons of cancellations. Metro North, Saturday scheduled Jersey Transit cross-honoring. And, Debbie, we're just talking about the subways uh, because of crew availability. The A, the E, the D, and the L, all with longer waits today and alternate side is suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Joe, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for another one to two inches of snow today. It'll remain cold. The high 35, it does clear later on, mostly clear overnight, the low 21. Deb Valentine with your early news. More news, sports, weather, and business after the break. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530.
Well, President Joe Biden attacked former President Donald Trump during his one-year anniversary speech of the January 6th riot. And, of course, reaction from former President Donald Trump to Biden's attacks yesterday. Well, health officials, Joe Biden's own task force taking issue with his handling of the viral pandemic. Deadly unrest in Kazakhstan. Russian military forces have entered into the country. Pope Francis, of all people, has harsh words for people not having kids, calling them selfish. All right, President Joe Biden blasting former President Donald Trump yesterday during his speech to mark the one-year anniversary of the riot at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Biden blaming Trump for spreading what he said was a web of lies and for watching TV during the January 6th riot. Without actually naming Trump directly, Biden claimed the former president has a bruised ego. That matters to him more than democracy and the U.S. Constitution. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. So Biden also shamed rioters for ransacking the Capitol and destroying property. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump reacting uh, to all of this yesterday in his response to Biden's attacks. Trump uh, released a statement, actually, through Save American PAC. He said that Joe Biden is trying to deflect the incompetent job he is doing by focusing America's attention on the anniversary of the riot at the U.S. Capitol. Trump again claimed he was denied a second term due to election fraud. Here he but is you in can't 2020. Ever accept when they steal and rape can accept. All right. Trump also citing in his statement to the pack that the horrible Afghanistan withdrawal is part of Biden's incompetence, the borders, COVID, inflation, loss of energy independence and much more. Trump said everything Biden touches turns to failure. Now, Trump scrapped his speech, which was planned for Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Instead, he will speak on January 15th at a campaign style event in Arizona. And even more criticism of President Biden's handling of the COVID pandemic as COVID surges. Health officials are pressuring President Biden to take a different approach. Six members of that advisory board that actually worked with President Biden during his transition period are offering various suggestions. These opinions are published by the Journal of the American Medical Association. And they wrote basically that uh, the zero COVID strategy is wrong and that COVID should be recognized instead as one of the several circulating respiratory viruses. Deadly unrest in Kazakhstan. Russia sent paratroopers there to try and quell a violent nationwide uprising. Dozens of demonstrators and police officers have died during this unrest. Government buildings have also been set ablaze. Now, this is the worst unrest there since Kazakhstan gained independence from the Soviet Union three decades ago.
All right. Security forces managed to wrestle control of El Mati's airport back from protesters yesterday. Now, according to reports, police say they actually killed dozens of rioters and state TV said that 13 security officers had been killed, over 350 people injured. The country's president is blaming all of this unrest on terrorist bans. Well, some very harsh words from none other than Pope Francis. The Pope actually criticizing couples who choose to have pets instead of kids as being selfish. The Pope went on to say that the decision to forego parenthood leads to a loss of humanity and is a detriment to civilization. Pope made these comments Wednesday while speaking to a general audience about St. Joseph. He went on into the topic of adoption and orphan kids today, too. Here's a bit of a translation of the Pope's remarks from WION in India. This denial of fatherhood and motherhood makes us smaller, takes away our humanity. So society becomes older and without humanity because we lose the richness of fatherhood and of the motherhood. All right. So Pope Francis said that couples who cannot biologically have kids should consider adoption. All right. 77 WABC time check is 537. Time for a look on the roads and the rails out there with Joe Nolan. Well, keeping up with this this morning is certainly entertaining over here in the traffic center. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot going on. 287 southbound. All lanes are closed between 21 and 17. Two tractor-trailer accident. Again, that's out there in the Bridgewater area of New Jersey. So that's southbound on 287. Then also in that same sort of area, westbound on 78 by exit 36. There are several cars that have run off the roadway, and they're in the process of getting that all straightened out. Jersey Turnpike, the outer roadway, northbound interchange 13. There's a truck fire. And on Route 18 southbound, getting over the Raritan River, a tractor-trailer accident. Garden State Parkway 35, the posted speed limit the entire length. Same thing with the New Jersey Turnpike in Connecticut. Northbound on the Connecticut Turnpike, all lanes are closed right around exit 16 with a jackknife tractor trailer. And they've shut everything down again southbound on 95 between exit 6 and 5 with another jackknife tractor trailer. So Connecticut Turnpike, I-95, closed in both directions in Fairfield County. Eastbound Southern State, right at the Wonton, there's a crash. At the airports, check with your airlines. There are hundreds of cancellations this morning. Saturday's schedule on Metro North Jersey Transit is cross-honoring system-wide. There are delays on the A, the E, the D, and the L. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations are suspended. If you can delay your morning commute, by all means, go ahead and do so. The snow, as Deb's about to tell you, is supposed to be out of here by noontime. So if you can go later on in or work from home, it's a Friday after all. I'm Joe Nolan from Traffic. Yay, I talk Radio Friday. 77, WABC. And yes, Joe is absolutely right. We've got that winter weather advisory until noontime today. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Calling for snow to taper late morning. We might just see in some areas another one to two inches of snow. Today's high at 35. It does clear later on, turning mostly clear overnight. The low down to 21. So some of this precipitation certainly likely to stick around. Right now, our high in the 20s. So give yourself extra time. Bundle up. All right. Some former staffers are actually plotting more trouble for Donald Trump, right, against former President Donald Trump. None other than Stephanie Grisham. She's the former White House press secretary. She and about 15 former White House and other aides have actually been holding Zoom sessions as well as conference calls to try and plot their strategy. And Grisham says it's to stop her old boss, Donald Trump, from bringing what she says is chaos and destruction to the country. 
There were a few of us uh, who, again, have been sitting back watching him continue to manipulate and spread this big lie and continue to harm our country and uh, started some informal chats. And then you started throwing around ideas of what we could do, how we could formalize it, um, started outreach to some other people. And then, you know, it's going to culminate into this meeting next week and we'll go from there. Now, Grisham, of course, while she was at the White House, had a rocky road. She, you will remember, served as White House press secretary for only about a year without ever holding a news conference. She later quit her post as chief of staff for First Lady Melania Trump. And then she wrote a tell-all book last year. I'll take your questions now. Well, more bad news for Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, all seven, all seven of Kamala Harris's staff aides have quit following her disastrous southern border trip that was back on June 25th of last year. So the latest casualty out of the VP's office, her director of press operations, Peter Vells, confirmed Wednesday he's out the door. His departure comes amid reports that Harris is a bully who facilitates a toxic work environment. Harris's chief spokesperson, Simone Sanders, left back in December, and uh, Harris denied tensions between herself and staff. I love Simone. I love Simone. And, and I can't wait to see what she will do next. And I know that it's been, a, you know, it's been three years of a lot of jumping on and off planes and going around the country. And she works very hard, and I can't wait to see what she'll do next. So the latest person to exit Vells has actually taken a job with the State Department's protocol team. His uh, departure follows that of fellow staffer Vince Evans. We told you about it here on the 77 WABC Early News. And uh, Evans uh, took a job as executive director of the Congressional Black Caucus. Well, the mother of slain Capitol rioter Ashley Babbitt has called for the release of surveillance footage of her police shooting death on the one-year anniversary of the U.S. Capitol riot. On Thursday, Mickey Whithoft appeared outside the Capitol with controversial Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, she demanded that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi release this surveillance footage from the shooting. Whithoft said that her daughter was murdered by Byrd, whom she called careless and reckless. An investigation into Babbitt's death by the U.S. Capitol Police and the Department of Justice, of course, DOJ, determined that the shooting was lawful and within department policy. Well, there's been an uptick in chatter on extremist online platforms. The finding, actually in a memo obtained by The Hill from the Department of Homeland Security prior to the January 6th anniversary, Now, the memo says that the Secret Service, U.S. Capitol Police, and the D.C. Metropolitan Police have initiated investigations into those threats. Well, a Chicago teacher who is actually battling cancer is fighting back. This guy's name is Joseph Okel. What he's doing is actually refusing to stop in-person classes despite Chicago's union canceling them. Okel appeared on Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight. I believe that there are ways to fight City Hall. You don't dangle the plight of the kids in the middle of the fight just to secure demands. All right. Okal says he wants to actually make his life relevant somehow and slam the Chicago's teachers union for what he says was using pupils as a political tool. There will be a second day of no lessons for some 350,000 children in that city today. And it's course over COVID fears. 
Well, Jared Fogle, you say, who is he? Well, remember, he's the guy who did all of those uh, commercials for Subway, where he claims to have lost over 200 pounds eating Subway food. So he is now speaking out from prison for the first time. He's a jailed pedophile. Here's one of his uh, Subway commercials from back in 2006 after he lost some 245 pounds. Cut 21. For years, I ate fried food and burgers that looked like this. And I looked like this. Then I found Subway restaurants. And I realized I could enjoy lots of great tasting food without lots of fat. So this letter that uh, Fogel wrote was actually obtained by the New York Post. And part of it reads, I really royally screwed up to wind up where I am. I was selfish and entitled. He pleaded guilty back in August 2015 to a child pornography charge and paying for sex with an underage girl after traveling from Indiana, Indiana here to New York City. He was also ordered to pay $1.4 million in restitution to some 14 victims. Now, Fogel is reportedly worth about $15 million bucks, and he's still receiving royalties from subways, now serving 15 years, eight months at the Federal Correctional Institution in Englewood, Colorado. All right, WABC time check, 545, and that means it's time for a look at sports with Justin Ellick. Thank you, Deb. Good to see you again. I know it's been a while, or a whole 30 a whole minutes. half hour. How about it? I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's start with the Knickerbockers at MSG last night as they welcomed the Boston Celtics to town. The Knicks used some hometown booze as motivation to stun the Celtics with a last-second 108-105 to victory. R.J. Barrett played hero as he banked in this desperation three at the buzzer. Finds Barrett. Get a shot up. This is for the win. Oh, it's good. Off the window. R.J. Barrett wins it for the Knicks. Knicks will follow the Celtics right back to Boston where the two teams will meet again tomorrow night at TD Garden. The Nets took a travel day yesterday, returning home to Brooklyn, where they have a date with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Quick skate with the Devils and Rangers last night as both squads were in action. Let's start with the Devils, who welcomed the Columbus Blue Jackets to scenic Newark, New Jersey. Jack Hughes had a goal and two assists for the home team as the Devils kicked the Jackets to the curb in the way of a 3-1 to win. The two teams will indulge in the second half of a little home-and-home series tomorrow night where they're set for a 7 p.m. Eastern time face-off in Columbus. The Rangers were in Vegas last night to face the Golden Knights. Jet lag must have gotten the best of the blue shirts as they looked half asleep all night long. The Knights scored four unanswered goals after the first period as they bullied their way to a 5-1 win over the Rags. Rangers will stay on the road and head to Anaheim, where they'll uh, try and get back on track tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time against the Ducks. The story that won't stop giving during this giving season four days after wide receiver Antonio Brown threw off his helmet and dashed off the field in the middle of a game against the New York Jets. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially terminated Brown's contract, effective immediately. Brown posted screenshots to social media of text exchange with Arians about the status of his ankle. That's head coach Bruce Arians of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Captioned on Instagram with, Coach said we never talked. Arians maintains otherwise. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And Justin, week 18 in the NFL, right game Saturday and Sunday? Yes. All right. You got it. Wowee. All right, WABC time check 547.
And that means it's time on the sevens on this snowy Friday morning for a look at traffic with Joe Nolan. Well, eastbound Southern State now dead, but the Wontow, there's a crash there. The LIE in the Northern State and the Southern State, all three, very slushy at best in a lot of spots, particularly on the Northern and Southern. You're going to be looking at snow-covered roadways, so please be very careful as you travel throughout. If you don't have to, don't. Northbound on the Connecticut Turnpike closed in two spots. Northbound at exit 16. Southbound closed between 6 and 5. Two separate jackknife tractor trailers. There's a two-tractor trailer accident on 287 in New Jersey. That's shut between exits 21 and 17. 78 westbound at exit 36. A bunch of spin-outs there they're working on. Northbound Jersey Turnpike, the outer north of Interchange 13. A truck fire. Route 18 still getting over the Raritan River. That tractor-trailer accident. No express bus lane this morning inbound at the Lincoln and Holland Tunnel. Rather, at the Lincoln Tunnel. Jersey Transit cross-honoring system-wide of Metro North. They are on a Saturday schedule. All on its side is suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We may see a little bit more snow. One to two inches winter weather. Advisories posted until noontime today. Mostly clear overnight. The low 21. So some of this precipitation looks like will stick around. Today's high is 35. All right, WABC time check coming up on 549. Frank Diaz has your all-important business report. I hope it's important. Hello, Deb. Oh, How yes, are you? to investors. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, U.S. stock index futures uh, traded a little bit higher during uh, morning uh, trading this morning ahead of the key jobs report release. Futures contracts tied to the Dow Jones gained about 70 points. S&P 500 futures advanced about 0.18%, while the Nasdaq futures added 0.07%. During regular trading yesterday, the Dow fell 170 points, or about 0.47%, while the S&P declined about 0.1%. Both are on track for their first negative week in three. The Nasdaq Composites slid just about 0.13% for its second negative session in the last eight sessions. Well, the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits unexpectedly rose last week as soaring COVID-19 infections forced some businesses into lockdowns. The Labor Department Thursday said initial claims for state unemployment benefits increased about 7,000 to a seasonally adjusted 207,000 for the week ending January 1st. The increase was unexpected but still moderate. Jobless claims remain at historically low levels after more than a year of elevated layoffs during the pandemic. I don't know if you remember, I think it was January of last year, unemployment claims are about 900,000. The labor market is tightening amid an acute shortage of workers with coronavirus infections driven by Omicron expected to peak soon. A substantial rise in claims is unlikely. Well, shares of the company that's connected to a planned social media app backed by former President Trump rose sharply yesterday after the news that the app set a target date of launch of February 21st. Blank check company Digital World Acquisition Corporation stock jumped by nearly 20% by the close of the trading day Thursday on significantly higher than average volume. The gains come after the Trump app Truth Social indicated on the Apple App Store that it expects to go live next month. Rewarders first reported the target date posting on the App Store, where Truth Social is available for pre-order February 21st, obviously, is President's Day, which is a federal holiday. Trump's company is being marketed as an alternative to social media giants Twitter and Facebook, both of which, if you remember, banned him on the grounds of inciting January 6th at the U.S. Capitol last year. Yeah, and Devin Nunes just uh, stepped down a couple days ago That's to right. have that right, right, That's right, right. Yeah, yeah, Republican well, hey. out of California. Yep. We'll see what happens because uh, you know uh, Facebook is as no matter how you feel about Facebook and Twitter, they're still pretty much dominating the uh, social media landscape.
All right. We'll see what happens. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, you know, if you live in New York City, you work in New York City, of course, we all know about the huge homeless problem here. New York's governor, New York City's mayor now tackling this issue. They call it a crisis. Their goal of this joint initiative announced yesterday is both public safety and to try and help the homeless. So what they say is that they'll have teams of trained professionals work to get the homeless off the streets into shelters and eventually permanent housing. This is not the partnership where officers are going to be engaging, but mental health professionals building trust. All right. So that was new mayor Eric Adams there. Now, each team will be made up of about eight to 10 people, including medical professionals and social workers. So they'll deploy into New York City's subway system where, of course, we know the homeless flock, especially during the colder months. And cops will sweep the entire subway system in search of the homeless. Here's NYPD police commissioner. We're going to talk to them, say good morning, say how are you, how is your day going, and actually listening for the answer and responding. So I was wondering myself this morning just how many homeless people we actually have here in the Big Apple. So the statistics show that in New York City, one out of every 106 people out of 8.3 million New Yorkers are homeless. So that amounts to nearly 80,000 men, women, and children. Every night, nearly 2,400 people sleep out on the street or down in the subway system or in other public spaces. All right, the latest uh, COVID numbers are out from the CDC. They are record numbers. Over 4 million new COVID cases reported in just the past week, according to the CDC. And the CDC also says that the Omicron variant accounts for 95% of those new COVID cases nationwide, with New York and New Jersey continuing to have the highest case rates. Almost 80,000 new cases reported Wednesday in New York alone. Dr. Scott Gottlieb weighing in on CNBC. I think you're going to see new cases start to slow and will come down the other side of the epidemic curve, certainly by next week. Um, it's going to work through other parts of the country more slowly. Um, there's many parts of the country where Omicron hasn't arrived yet. But certainly in the large metropolitan regions, I think you're going to see a peak get put in, in the next couple of weeks. So states down in the south and uh, in the west catching up two to cases here in New York and New Jersey. In just the last two weeks, cases have increased fourfold out in California and tenfold in maskless Florida and Mississippi. A video that was obtained by the New York Post shows New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, having some tough words for Queens cops on his first day on the job. Adams and Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell paid a visit to the 103rd Precinct in Jamaica on New Year's Day. And uh, they left the media outside, the media not uh, actually invited inside, footage showing Adams taking cops to task. We have the finest among us. Sometimes, unfortunately, we have a small number of diverse among us. Can anyone touch that shield? A shield did everything. All right, so Adams, of course, a former cop warned he'll bounce bad apples from the NYPD. And despite his warnings, Adams did say that uh, he managed to assure cops that he'd support them in any way possible. Well, former governor disgraced Democrat Andrew Cuomo has been ordered today to appear by video this afternoon in an Albany, New York courtroom as a judge considers a motion by the Albany County DA and his defense attorney to drop a misdemeanor forcible touching charge. That allegation by executive assistant number one, Brittany Camisso. She alleged the disgraced governor touched her breast and butt in December 2020 at the executive mansion in Albany. Camisso on CBS this morning detailing that allegation. That's when he put his hand up my blouse 
and cupped my breast over my bra. I exactly remember looking down, seeing his hand, which is a large hand, thinking to myself, oh my God, this is happening. It happened so quick. So on Tuesday, the Albany County DA David Soros announced that he was dropping Camisso's misdemeanor charge of forcible touching against Cuomo, calling it potentially defective. Cuomo has denied these Char- allegations. I have heard Charlotte and her lawyer, and I understand what they are saying. But they read into comments that I made and draw inferences that I never meant. They ascribe motives. I never had. And simply put, they heard things that I just didn't say. All right. So in this motion to dismiss the case yesterday, defense lawyer Rita Glavin said that Cuomo vehemently maintains his innocence. So these proceedings are scheduled for 1.30 this afternoon in Albany Court, Albany City Court. Cuomo's spokesman, meanwhile, declined to comment on this development, saying only we are figuring it out. So, yes, former disgraced Governor Cuomo, who you might remember, had to resign following that scathing report by New York State Attorney General Letitia James, finding that he sexually harassed 11 women set to appear in court this morning, this uh, afternoon via video, 1.30 p.m. WABC time check, 557. Let's get a ro- look at the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. All right, we'll still uh, start on 287 in New Jersey, Deb. Southbound, all lanes are closed between exits 21 and 17. A two-tractor-trailer accident, and things are really starting to back up up there now. A lot of over-the-road trucks use that roadway, as you all know. And then westbound on 78, getting to 287 and exit 36, heading just right at the base of that hill. You've got accidents, and then further on out, a disabled tractor-trailer in the right lane. Jersey Turnpike northbound the outer at 13. Truck fire in an accident. All lanes are being diverted to the inner roadway. If you're on the southbound side of Route 18 getting over the Raritan River, again, that tractor-trailer accident continues. Garden State Parkway 35 and the Turnpike the entire way. That's the speed limit posted there. And these two tractor-trailer accidents up in Connecticut continue. Northbound all lanes are closed at exit 16 with a jackknife tractor-trailer on I-95 and then also on the southbound side between exit 6 and 5 all lanes are closed with a jackknife truck. Now, there are some subway delays, the ADL, the D. We told you about that all morning long. Also, Jersey Transit will cross on our system-wide today, Metro North on a Saturday schedule. And we're still holding that accident eastbound on the southern state out by the Wonton and alternate side is suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And a winter weather advisory is posted until noontime today. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We may see another one to two inches of snow before this precipitation is all over with. Now, today's high, 35. It will remain cloudy but clear later on, turning mostly cloudy overnight, the low down to 21. Temperatures only in the high 20s right now. Bundle up. Give yourself a little bit of extra time this morning, according to Joe. Very dicey out there. Well, uh, researchers have done a new study as we work our way to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. And what they found is that air pollution likely contributed to the deaths of more than 1.8 million people across the globe in 2019 alone. That study out of Georgia Washington University. And the surviving Boston Marathon bomber has been ordered by a judge, listen to this, to hand over a $1,400 COVID relief stimulus check that he actually received while in prison and give that 
that cash back to his victims. On Wednesday, this order was made by Judge George O'Toole in Boston, ordering Zokar Sinayev to hand over those funds. And also, meanwhile, the U.S. Supreme Court expected to rule later this summer on an appeal of his death sentence. Defense attorneys claim jurors were not questioned closely enough about pre-trial publicity. And Hollywood has lost yet another legend. Director Peter Bogdanovich has died at the age of 82. He directed The Last Picture Show and Paper Moon. Deb Valentine with your early news. We're working our way to Bernie and Sid in the morning. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning with your 77 WABC Early News.